welcome to the Hope Hotline. The blonde is back. The copper is gone. Don't be shocked. <laughs> I am back to the old me, which won't last very long because I am going to get a little darker. But this is shocking for some because if you don't live in the area, you didn't see me on Sunday. I'm back. Um, put up my, my thing. I'm going to drive this into the ground because I am getting my number and I'm getting closer and closer every day. But, beloved conference, if you have not signed up, it is next week already. It feels like, feels like yesterday we were just setting the date and organizing it, and it's already here. I know. Super excited. So fast. So fast. <laughs> but I'm, I'm super excited and super happy about it, and I'm getting things all tied up, and it's awesome. So if you live in the area... Um, I will tell you, it will be live streamed, except for my night. My night, I think you can only watch it on Black Robe, my night, because Facebook will have Tom's podcast on it. My husband does his own podcast, so his will be on. And then uh, Rumble, I don't think you can do duplicates. Do you know how that works, Tracy? I think we should be good on our Rumble, because we have our own Rumble page and our own YouTube page. So I think Black Robe can do both. So we'll have to talk to Aaron about what that looks like. I think Facebook, I don't know. I'm not sure. So, but they'd have to tune into the Hope Hotline, not Foundation Church. I don't know if that's possible. That's why I'm, I don't think you, it, it'll be on Foundation Churches. Probably not the And Facebook. Tom uses Foundation Church for his podcast. Right. And then he has his own page. Yes. So I don't think if you want to watch Thursday night, you're going to have to go to Black Robe. Yeah, I probably best case scenario, go to Black Robe. Yes. And then if you then the rest of the week, it'll be right. the rest of the time, it'll be on all of the platforms. I've never remembered to say this ever, but listen. Please like and share the podcast because if you like and share it, then it grows the audience. That is huge. And we're not really, like, Facebook won't allow us to, to write out, like, and share. Otherwise, they start shutting us down. For I don't know why that is. But if you comment, that helps a lot. And if you like and share, that helps a lot. And I would greatly appreciate it because what's the point if you're, you stay small? We want, we want big things. So, uh, so tune in. Or um, if you don't live in the area... And you're not going to be able to make it down. Tune in for the Beloved Conference. You will not be disappointed. It's going to be really, really good. And then uh, if you live in the area and you're a procrastinator, I get procrastination. I'm not really a, a procrastinator, but I get it because I know plenty of people who are. Um, there's always tomorrow is the thought process with procrastination. But we need to know if you're going to come because limited seating for uh, the breakfast and you have to register for that separately. And then that is on Friday morning. And then there's the, um, um, all you have to register for all of the meetings. But that's just once. Um, I don't know if I'm going to, I think on Friday I'll tell where we're going to eat. Okay. To get the last few stragglers to sign up. Because, I mean, I might as well, you might as well come for food if that's all I can get you for. I mean, <laughs> listen, you can't just come for the, breakfast you are going to have to come for a meeting but I'm just saying if you're a foodie that might pull you in 
So who knows? Um, So Thursday night all the way through Saturday morning, there'll be a Friday morning and a Friday night um, conference too. Magalis is in the morning on Friday morning after the breakfast, and Adalis speaks Friday night. Saturday is a surprise. It's going to be a great time and lots of fun. And um, then everybody after they're done is going to be a new them, a new you. And we won't even recognize you Sunday morning. You'll be a, a, a fresh little butterfly. That's, and it's not a cocoon. It's a chrysalis. Yes. You'll, you'll be out of your chrysalis, yes. and you'll be rocking the world. Okay, so here's the thing. Go back on that thing, oh, girl. Okay, okay. Ooh, ooh. Going back. There it is. Scan that QR code. Yes. We will register you quickly for the conference. If you're um, working off your computer, grab your phone. Use that. Or go straight to Foundation Church F. Well, it's Foundation Church. Is it FL? Yeah. Yeah. FoundationChurchFL.com. Mm-hmm. Go to events. Go to the beloved conference, and also for the breakfast, and sign up there. That's it. Yes. Like and share. Like and share. Like and share. I always forget. I don't know why I've never said that, but yeah. it just dawned on me last week, and then I forgot. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that, um, especially on Facebook. That helps us a lot. Yeah. And Rumble helps, too. And Rumble, you can like it. Um, it's huge. And then comments are great. Yeah. YouTube's a breed all its own. You have to sh- like and subscribe, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Tap perfect. The, tap the thumbs up. <laughs> yes. And then click subscribe. Yeah. Perfect. They have like a little thing. I'm not a social media person at all. I don't think I've been on social media all last week and all this week. Tom's definitely not a social media person. I run his social media. And then Tracy runs all of our social media. So I'm not really a person that gets on there every now and then. So it's pretty hypocritical of me to be doing everything that I am doing on social media and hoping that people tune in. But I don't know. I am a hypocrite. All right. Is there anything interesting that I need to share? Or should we just get into it? I think we should get into it. You got great questions today. I do have good questions today. First Corinthians, so let's just go. First Corinthians five five. It, the the question is First Corinthians. I may I move that. Is that okay? Perfect. First Corinthians five five. Summary, please. That is the shortest, most concise scripture I've ever seen in my life. I mean, a uh, question I've ever seen in my life. And you knew what they needed. No, I, I didn't know oh. when I read the question because I didn't know what First Corinthians five five was. Oh, okay, okay. I knew Paul wrote it, yeah. and I knew he wrote it to the people of Corinth, okay. but no, I did not know. Wow, at all. <laughs> oh, look, I got to show you this. This tell you. I was just going to ask you. I was going to say, should we show them? Um, the, pull it towards you, oh, towards your face. Closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there that's you go. my new water bottle, people. I stole my daughter's pink water bottle, and then I stuck my sticker on it. I love it. We do have stickers, people. They're for free. <laughs> yep. And somebody, I there, somebody made them for us for nothing. No, that nice. watches. I don't know if they watch the podcast. I'm pretty sure they don't, but they do watch my husband. So good enough. Listen, like I said before, I'll take what we'll I can them. get. <laughs> True. You don't have to watch me. Just give me the freebies. Yeah. So I'm going to drink really quick. <laughs> okay, but we need. Listen, I've been telling uh, Tracy we need merchandise. I know. And the reason we don't have it is, is because of Tracy. It's totally me. That's the truth. She was looking over here when she said procrastinators. I saw the glance. I did not look at you. <laughs> I actually was not thinking you were a procrastinator. Oh, okay. You got so much that's on your so plate. Nice. It's unbelievable. That's well, true. No, yeah, that's true. No, no, no. Procrastinators right. are right. people 
that don't have anything to do. And yet, they keep putting off what they could do today, tomorrow. Okay. Like, it's not because they have so much to do. Okay. I mean... I feel good now. I feel Yeah, you're not a procrastinator. You're just trying to put out one fire at a time. True. Yeah, I've lived that life. One fire at a time. Whatever's... Whatever needs the most attention the most quickly is yeah, what's getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, There's priority for sure. Always. <laughs> and then you have to fit your family in in between the fires. And your dog. And your dog. <laughs> but you really don't love your dog. But my dog. Like we love our but dog. But my dog has a ginormous face. Like it's like this big. Okay, you gotta put yourself on okay. so people can see your giant. Right. What you're saying. This big. His face is this big. Huh, but he doesn't weigh very much. He is tiny right now because he's not. Okay, so we've had this whole issue, and uh, we brought him to the vet, and today I had to bring him back because his face was like ten times bigger, like so. Like bad. not normal. No, like, not normal. No, 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 not at all. So the vet thinks that he probably got bit by a spider or a snake. So like, he's uh, on like, like full like steroids right now. Like I'm a fine. deadly snake? I don't, it's like, it's so bad. I should, I'll pull a picture up. Oh my gosh. Alive. I don't like that. Yeah, no, maybe not. Because it's kind of gross. Yeah, don't uh, do it. No, I might be sick. Kidding. You know, yeah, I gag I know. very, okay, yeah, I have no. a it's, very it's, no, it's quick not like, gag reflex. It's just like, you know, he has the jowls because he's a boxer. Yes. So they're just like oversized. It's not like terrible, but it's also not like cute. So, um, yeah, so it's, it, it, that was today. That was the fire today that I had to bring him because I was like, I don't, he's like almost like it's his throat too. So it's like. Because so he can't eat. Right. He's eating, but like not a lot. And he's like, yeah. So, so again, it's just like fires that you just like mm-hmm. keep throwing gotta do the water what you got to do, girl. You got to do what you got to do. But he's going to be okay. They're very um He will live and not die and see the land of the living. Amen. He's only nine. We got like five more years. Is that not the right scripture? You will, you shall live and not die, or I will live and not die. That's one of my healing scriptures, but not because I'm going to die. I just, it's one of your healing scriptures for people who are facing death. Make them say that scripture over again, because that's a scripture. I shall live and not die. I shall not die, but live. But but then it goes, and and see the land of the, is that what it says? And declare the works of the Lord. And declare, yeah. The Lord has chastened me uh, severely, and he has not given me over to death. So that's the whole, is that the wrong one? No, that's the right one. I just made up my own second part of it. Yeah. Well, no, you'd probably keep going and then. No, uh, it's not in there. I made it up. Okay. okay. (laughs) But I never told people that second part. No, I bet it's in there. Thank you. It's in there. Psalm 118, 17 to 29. I knew Yep. It had to be a Psalm because David, man. Yeah. Like I will, I kind of knew because once you start reading. Yeah. A certain part, you go, okay, that's David running for his life. (laughs) You just know. You know. You just know David's running for his life. It's true. It's true. So 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Summary, please. Okay, we're going to look at scripture. But I'm not going to just read chapter 5, verse 5. Okay, we're going to like, it makes no sense. And the great thing my dad taught me is always look at the scripture at least at least, if you want to understand what a scripture means, always always look at least the one before it and the one after it. Now, sometimes that doesn't work. So you might have to go further up and further back. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to verse 1, okay, and all the way through 6. I think it's 6. Let me look. Make sure I'm right. Nope, I'm wrong. 8. So... This is what it's talking about. Immorality defiles the church. Um, it 
this is the this is where are you ready? Yep. Thank you. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, and a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body but present in the spirit, or in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him, as I were present. So let's just go back. Have already judged him who has so done this deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit might uh, may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorifying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may, uh, may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So let's look at that verse 5. It says, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Let me. I'm going to address just a couple things. This, you know, this goes against everybody that says, You're not allowed to judge. You can't judge anybody. Bull-loney. Paul's judging. Paul made a judgment right there. You're not allowed to judge if you yourself are doing the very thing that you're judging about. So if, and that is scriptural, it says uh, Paul is not having, Paul can judge this situation because Paul did not take his father's wife and have relations with her. So he can call this out because he's not doing the very thing. Um, what this is basically saying is it describes what we're seeing in the church today. This church in Corinth was actually doing nothing and in some cases praising themselves for the grace that they were extending, extending to this man who had taken his father's wife to be his own. And they were being sexually immoral with one another. And so Paul's calling them out and saying, "You're this is not grace, this is sin, and you better do something about it. Because if you don't do something, the man's going to go to hell. And what he basically said is, put the man out. Don't allow him to be and exist inside of a body of believers all the while thinking he's saved so that when he, his life is over. He goes straight to hell thinking all the while that because you've praised him and you've given him such grace that he's saved. He's saying, he, Paul's saying, if you put him out, there's a better chance that he'll come back to, to God. He'll get his life right. So expel the wicked man from him, among you because we want him to come back to the Lord. We are seeing this at an all-time high right now in the Christian church. There is there's a church that I know about, and this is the saddest story. And this goes along with when I was talking about um, when I had to go back and readdress a question um, about a month ago. And this is one of the reasons I had such a hard time talking about this, um, about this 
because God would not, and he, I'm not going to mention the church and I'm not going to mention certain things. Okay. Because I'm going to be very careful and still honor what the Lord told me. But I was very hard for me to, to discuss that question without crossing a line about woke churches. I mean, we, Paul was constantly calling out churches. People are like, you should be unity minded. You should, we should be working in unity. We shouldn't be working against ourselves. Well, that's not what Paul did. Paul specifically talked about sin. I'm not talking about a difference in theology. We're talking about sin. There is the difference. We are allowing grace to be um, a means for people to sin. That is not what the Word of God says. It's actually opposite of that. And so what I will tell you is this. There is a situ- there is a, a hmm, let me think, how am I going to say this? I know of a church that allowed a young man who was living in a homosexual lifestyle that when they went, when that young man went to the leadership and told them, that he was battling the feelings that he had. They were basically, he was basically told, don't worry about it. Not that God's grace is sufficient for you, but you'll, you'll, you'll work through it. Don't worry about it. It's just a phase. It's a time. God will show you the way out. Never once saying, you cannot live like this. If you live like this, it will, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Let's sit down and let's go through the scriptures and what it talks about the homosexual lifestyle. We have churches that have allowed uh, people to worship, be worship leaders, hold positions in churches that are living homosexual lifestyles, that are fornicating, living with their girlfriends or boyfriends, but yet they are allowed to sing on a stage and be a worship leader. I don't care if it's a worship leader that's just not the paid position, but they're allowed to be on the platform. That should never be. They are in a leadership position. They will be held accountable to a certain extent, not like a pastor will, but when you put your stamp of approval on something, you are not only doing a disservice to the congregation who now thinks it's okay, but they may, the congregation may not be living in sin, but that person that you've put the stamp of approval on for them to be in that position, how do they know outside of them reading the word of God, which a lot of people don't do, but as leadership in a church, you're responsible for them and to walk them through things. You've now said this is okay because you've put them in a position that they should never have been in. And then grace, grace, grace. It's it's the same thing as this scripture is talking about. That young man ended up being, um, he ended up dying. And uh, he never fixed his, he never fixed it. So for me, like, it's a big deal. It is a big deal to put your stamp of approval on or look the other way or tell somebody, You'll work through it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. How do they know to work through it? You've not given them any instruction. You've not taken them to the Word of God and and helped them. That's what discipling is all about. You win them to the Lord, and then you disciple them. So you show them how to 
be a solid believer. When we don't do that, we are we are propagating and participating in them not being saved and them not spending eternity in heaven. We're going to be judged on that stuff. It's super important. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. Oh, we already did that. Let's, we're going to study it out. Let me read it to you one more time. So this is why I say all the time, don't just read the Bible. Take the scripture, study it out. We all, if you don't have a good study Bible, let us know. We'll help you with that, but, and we'll give you a study Bible. But you be, should be able to know how to break the scriptures down so that you know how, what this means. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So deliver such a one to Satan. He was saying, deliver that man that took his father's wife. Deliver that man to Satan so that he may be saved on the day of the Lord Jesus, on the day of the return or when he passes. So if you take a study Bible, and you got to be really careful about the ones that you, you choose from, but when it talked about hand this man over to Satan, what it was saying is abandon this sinful man to the devil by expelling him from the church. To expel him was to put him out in the devil's territory, severed from the regular Christian fellowship. And when it said for the destruction of the flesh, it meant so that being officially ostracized from the church will cause the man such anguish that he will repent and forsake his wicked way. For an alternative interpretation, you can go and look at the, um, we'll forget it. We're not going to do that. In the latter view, Satan is allowed to bring physical affliction on the man, which would bring him to repentance which I didn't get into the latter view. He might even be allowed to die, but as a Christian, he would still be saved in eternity. I don't really subscribe to the latter view to a certain extent, but um, I shouldn't have read that. So when it talked about uh, day of the Lord, that's when Christ returns. But we also know that uh, Christ, I mean, we all might not be here when Christ returns. And Paul was hoping that the day of return would be in his lifetime. Um, so, because no one knows about the day or hour. So, for us and for that man, it could be physical death or the return of Christ. We are to judge. I don't care what anybody tells you, that is a lie. They don't know the word. We are to judge. We just can't do any judging if we ourselves are doing the same exact sin. But how are you to win the lost if you can't judge? If they tell you they're saved and their lifestyle is totally opposite, and you go, oh, okay, you're saved, you're going to heaven. But their lifestyle says completely opposite, then they're not going to heaven. So you obviously do judge because you look at a person and you know whether or not they're saved or not. So you're judging. And then you know whether or not you are supposed to, you know, soul win, right? Does, do you know what I'm saying? Like people say, don't be judged, don't judge. But they themselves judge things all the time. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like they just yeah. don't, they don't want to be judged. It's, it's, you know, when I was, um, when I was about to go out and live a wild life, and even while I was living a wild life, you know who I hung around? the very people that was doing the very same thing that I was doing. And one of the things that we never did was ever, well, like you couldn't go home with a guy at a club or anything like that. That was not allowed. Not because, 
not because you'd be considered a hoe or something like that. It's for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't because we were so morally, you know, ethical. It was mm-hmm. more like, do you want to die? Okay, don't. You're going to die. Let's not die. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, but on the whole, um, I always hung around people that did the same things I did because I didn't want to hear that you shouldn't be doing that. That's what people normally do. So what we do is we we condemn those, not convict them. We condemn those who do, or we put people down who do judge with the heart of making sure that people are actually saved. We make try and make them feel bad and telling them that they can't judge. And so eventually you guilt them into believing like you do, not because they're right, but because you don't want to. It's like COVID. People put on masks because they don't want to be that one. People don't judge because they don't want to be that one. Well, be that one. Because when Christ returns or on your day of judgment, whatever, the, whenever it happens, on the day of judgment, you will be judged for the things that you said and you didn't say. So, And you might not want to see people that you love that you know are not living a, a righteous lifestyle and they need to hear. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about if, if somebody's living a lifestyle sin, they already, they're, they're, they're not going to receive what you have to say. They're not even going to know what you're talking about. If somebody calls themselves a believer and they're living an out and out lifestyle of sin, yet calling themselves a Christian, it is your responsibility to come to them with the truth and love so that they can be saved. If they reject what you say, expel the wicked man from among you. Let them, you do have nothing to do with them so that in hopes that they might come back and repent. That's what that's saying. And in a church, most churches don't do that because they care more about butts and seats versus souls in heaven. And that's the truth. We live in a very woke, weak society when it comes to Christianity and the church today. And people are going to answer for it. And the people that think people like me are so harsh and mean and cruel, they're going to be like, I should have listened, or they're going to be grateful that I was a true friend and I did care about where they went. And they'll understand that, you know, the purpose behind why we do and say what we do is because we do love and we do want to make sure everyone that we know and that is in our sphere of influence is going to heaven. Ultimately, love me, hate me, that's the goal, ultimately, whether or not you go to heaven or not. So let's do the next question. Where do demons go when they attack? In a part of the body, question mark. Let's look at scripture because there are lots of different references where they go. Matthew 9, 32 through 33 says, And they went out, behold, they uh, brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. So this person, uh, when the demon possessed them, it was so that they couldn't speak. Matthew twelve twenty two. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. And he was healed so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. Once, he, once these two, both of these verses, once they were, um, the demon was cast out, guess what could happen? One saw and both of them was, were able to speak. 
Matthew 17, 14 through uh, 16 says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples so that they could not, so that they could, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Epilepsy. Um, people, um, even to this day, back in biblical times, people who are epileptic, people who had seizures, demon possession. I remember um, praying over a woman who was having an epileptic seizure. And as soon as I started casting the demon out of her, her body like just went from seizing to just off the charts, like pulling itself up off the sidewalk. I mean, it was a scene because it was outside at a parade. The parade was over, but the sights were still going on. <laughs> wow. And so she literally, from heat, the heat, not global, not global warming, not climate change, but just a normal Florida hot September day. Um, I don't know why, but she felt a seizure coming on. She laid down on the sidewalk, and and there it began. But every time I cast the demon out of her, like the body responded much different than the seizing. So I even talked to her about it afterwards, and she thought to herself, I talked to her about potential demon possession, and she was like, uh, you might be right about that. So, um, but the demon did not come out. Did not. Mm -mm. So I wish to God it had. I mean, I have cast out demons, and they have fleed and gone. That case did not. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in the person. Mark 5, 1 through 5 says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling, who had his dwelling among the tombs. We just read this one, remember? And no one could bind him, not even the chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone take, uh, tame him. And um, as always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. So he was violent, and his violence was cutting himself, uh, self-mutilation. But also, he had superhuman strength, because no, no one could even, like, confine the man. Um, Luke 22 through 3. So superhuman strength. I, I say superhuman strength. Like, um, not like he was some kind of... Uh, but he he was also called legion, remember, and a, and, and an army. Or he when when he was asked, "What is your name?" He responded, "Legion." And this is the one I tell you that um, legions in the military. I, I can't remember. It was between five and six thousand uh, soldiers were in a legion. So, Lord only knows how many demons were in this man, and depending on how many demons would would uh, then explain his superhuman strength. Correct? Yeah. Luke 22.3 says, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So uh, when um, Judas was um, had the uh, demon possession, he betrayed Jesus. Acts 16.16, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit from fortune-telling. So she was a fortune teller. She had, she could read. That, that's why, like, people should stay away from fortune tellers. 
okay? They know things, not because they are spirit-filled with Jesus Christ. No, they're filled with another spirit, and it ain't good. It's demonic, and that is why the word is very, very clear to stay away from sorcery, stay away from fortune-telling, stay away from astrology. All of that stuff is not good. You don't play with it because it's demonic, and we don't, if, it's, if the Bible tells us not to do it, then we don't do it. There's reasons. It's for protection. So let's look at it at all. Uh, de- demon possession came in the form of blindness, muteness. Muteness, is that even a word? <laughs> being mute. Yeah. Blindness, being mute. There you go. Again, I homeschooled my children. <laughs> if they talk funny, which they both do, it's, it's my fault. <laughs> Epileptic seizures, divination and fortune-telling, and superhuman strength. But even in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 15, let's look at Saul. Because remember, he was filled with a demonic spirit. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And the reason was is because Saul was disobedient. He specific, The Lord, Samuel told him, the prophet Samuel came to Saul and said, this is what the Lord says to do. Then Saul decided that Saul was going to do what Saul wanted to do. And the Lord said, all right, you can do what you want to do, but not under my, not under me. So your, the, your kingship is done. The hierarchy is done. You will no longer, when you die, your child, children will no longer be the heirs to the throne. I'm putting somebody in your place. I'm replacing you. So Paul, so Saul then says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. So this distressing spirit was not, was not a good one. And remember old covenant, old Testament, the way things worked in the old Testament versus the way the things work in the new Testament, totally different. We are under a far superior covenant with the Lord. We don't sacrifice animals. We don't, um, we don't have a, a book of rules and regulations. Do we, we can eat any kind of fish we want. We can eat pig if we want. If you look at all the law that they had to be under, people who are law conscious and they like, you have to like the Sabbath day, you can do absolutely nothing. You know, we, they're under the law of things. Well, make sure if you're going to be under the law, Make sure you do all of the law. Okay, we're not under that law. We do abide by the Ten Commandments, but it's it's like Jesus said, he, or it's like the the Bible says, um, the 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 Ten Commandments isn't null and void. It's just He came not to abolish it, but to make it better. And so, people are very law conscious, but they don't abide by all of the laws that were provided. So again, it goes back to not doing certain holidays because they're demonic or well, if you're going to do one, make sure you do them all because you're going to confuse the crap out of your kids or you look like you're a hypocrite. Because it's, it's so funny because they think that they're making a Christian statement and a stand and that people will admire them for it. You need to understand not uh, that unbelievers 
know that Christmas is a pagan holiday. Easter is a pagan holiday. Halloween is a pagan holiday. Okay? And they, you look like a hypocrite. You'll do two, but you won't do one. And I'm not saying to do any of them, to be honest with you. I'm just saying be consistent in what you believe. That's all I'm saying. Don't look like a hypocrite because people will use every excuse. One of the things I say when I was in sales, one of the things that they tell you is don't talk a lot. Don't say a lot. Let the people talk to you because if you say, get to know them, read them, understand them. And I'm not talking about if you sell a bad product and you're trying to manipulate and get people to buy a bad product. So you, you know, you make a lot of money on commissions and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. Understand your customer so that you can communicate with them very well. But the best thing you can do when you're selling something is shut up. Because if you don't know them, then you don't know what their likes and dislikes are. And you could say just the wrong thing because everybody wants to, nobody really wants to spend money. I mean, they do. But on the whole, they want you to talk them out of the reason why they're not going to buy that product. Okay. And so if you run your mouth too much, then you'll say just the right thing to turn them off and then they don't want to buy the product. Or if they do, they don't want to buy it from you. So all I'm saying, when we, we sell Jesus, right? We're in the market of selling Jesus. We want as many people as we can to be one to the Lord. You cannot do that if you're a hypocrite. So let's make sure that our yes is yes, our no is no. So with Back to the Old Testament, back to Samuel. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. So that distressing spirit caused Saul to be in great depression. He was a very depressed person, but on top of that, he was extremely violent. I mean, he tried to kill David and his own son more than once. So... Demonic possession can be, can go to different places in the body and it can cause, now I tend to think like more people are oppressed, like the spirit of fear, the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of depression. Those things are oppressions, okay? They're not possession, totally two different things. And so you can allow... But sometimes that's not even a spirit of depression or a spirit of anxiety or whatever. That's all you. The devil doesn't need to do, a lot of times the devil doesn't need to do anything to us because we're doing it to ourselves, right? And, and in some cases, I really believe that I have put myself in such bad positions, the devil's even said, that was a good one. I wouldn't have even thought of that myself because I did it to myself, right? He had nothing to do with it. So... um I'm just pulling a few scriptures so that you can see where they go in the body. But I am sure there are more that would tell us um, where other things go but or where other spirits go. But that's enough. I don't want to, like, give you my opinion on that, to be perfectly honest with you, because it's my opinion. I'd rather just stick with the scriptures, show, show you what it says, and then you start looking it out for yourself. But... That's where the scripture says. So everybody's got an opinion, but that doesn't mean that everybody's opinion is correct. Correct? Correct. Next question. 
Is joy a characteristic characteristic of being filled with the Spirit? 100% yes. 100% yes. I, like, I'm sitting in a room where there's three of, there's four of us in this room. Um, Vanessa, you've been filled with joy before, correct? Yes, I've watched you. Tracy, you've been filled with joy? Yes. Like, yeah, Tracy's. <laughs> It's pretty funny. I mean, both Vanessa and Tracy are pretty funny. When Heather's the best, though. When Heather gets filled with joy, I don't know. She falls like a sack of potatoes. That's true. That is kind of funny. I mean, me and Tom, <laughs> when, when we go anywhere with Heather, where potentially that can happen, all eyes are on her. Yeah. We're just waiting for it to happen. I know. Because it makes us laugh so hard. <laughs> but that's not the joy that I'm referring to. That's just the happiness, laughter of watching her fall yeah, like a yeah. sack of potatoes. Yeah. Because she falls hard and fast. She does. She and does. it's dang funny. <laughs> Logan, have you been filled with joy yet? Twice. Literally Twice. yesterday. And Tara had to catch me because I almost fell down like a drunk person. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Okay. So here's the thing. I have two. Um, and the thing is, is this. S- skeptical, Yes. Very skeptical. My mom, when I was very little, she was filled with laughter, filled with a joy. Just by in a, in a Bible study, she said she looked down at her Bible and she saw Jesus' face. She just started laughing. She's like, just started laughing. So she regrouped, got herself back together. She looked down at the Bible again and she saw Jesus' face. She started laughing all over again. This is when she was a young person. She didn't even know about joy yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. So I knew that joy was real, but it's just like speaking in tongues. It's mm-hmm. the unknown, so you're skeptical, mm-hmm. so you're like, do I want it, do I not, I don't know. But once you experience it, you're like, I ain't ever living without that ever again. Yeah. Ever again. Now we're going to go to the scriptures, but I'm going to use my panel, which means why don't you, like Vanessa, run over there and sit next to Logan. You look great. So you were, you're like, she just came to hang out, but she looks perfect for the podcast. So she does, like if it was me, my hair would be up in a ponytail and I look like a hot mess because of coming from the gym. Even though I had been at the gym early in the morning. Some days people, I don't change and I don't shower. I just come straight to work. And everybody walks around like this that comes near me. P.U. You stink. that's not true. Okay. No, not true. So. Okay. We're going to go from here. I'm going to read you some scripture. Now I made my nose stick together because I plugged it. I'm going to, now, Vanessa, you might want to roll that chair over because seriously, you're, (laughs) it's like squats. Uh huh. It's like your quads are going to be like, holy mackinoli. Because it's not going to feel good. Because you worked out today. And they, and I did not. Like, uh, this is my seventh day out of since we started working out that I missed. It's not good, Hope. I'm, di- not I'm good. doing good, girls. I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm a new me. You are. I am a new me. You are. You're ready for this conference. <laughs> the the chunky monkey is drop some pounds. Hey. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, f- f- I'm going to get back to this really quick. You want to talk? You know what joy is? I tried on some of my skinny pants today, people. Although I had, what's that role that goes over? The fat roll that goes over. The love handle? No. Muffin 
muffin top. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Although I had a huge muffin top, I actually was able to put them on my my thighs. They could not even get past my thighs because my thighs were so fat. Okay, I got them over my thighs, okay. and then I was able to button them. Wow. I'm not saying they look good because they didn't, but but you got them on. That's a big my deal. skinny pants. Love it. I was overjoyed. So, keep yourselves on. We're on. Okay? They might not be able to read these scripture verses very good, but that's why we have Logan. Logan's telling them what it is. Let's look at scripture. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But Everybody should have these memorized. Like, we teach our kids a song, so we know them. But... Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. I literally, it's hard for me to read it because I have the song in my head that teaches you. Just sing I it for taught, us. Now, yeah, dear Lord. Not that I can't, I can't sing. I know you can. I ain't singing. I know. No. It's not my, it's not my <laughs> jam anymore. What? I don't have any desire to sing. Just for a second? No. Just for a moment? For the, for the, no. for the fans? <laughs> okay. <No>. What? <laughs> Your fans. I mean, these fans, yes. But you have fans that are talking right now. I have a fan that I need to turn on right now. Oh, there you go. But that ain't the same kind of fan. No. Um, no. Whatever. Okay. But. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That fan is pointing all the way over here and going right past me. <laughs> it ain't even on me. I'll get it. I'll get I'm going to turn. No, don't, don't get it. I'm turning it off. It's totally okay. That's funny, though. I'm like, where, why do I not feel that fan? It's because it's not even looking at me. All right. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Oh, I already read it. So the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now you go, well, that's fine and all, but that's still not, that's, that's not it. No, no, it is. Because 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. So everybody has joy. And you know why? If, and you're not using it. And you know why I know that? Is because 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So, who lives in the temple? The Holy Spirit. Your body the temp- the, is the temple of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit dwells in. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Wow. Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, joy dwells in you. It's like when you pray for patience. Like, why are you praying for patience? Patience already exists inside of you. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control. You don't pray to have self-control. You don't pray not to throw a temper tantrum. And I'm just telling you, when you allow your kid to throw a temper tantrum, throw themselves on the ground and, and misbehave, guess what you're de- doing? You're teaching them to not have self-control. You're teaching them that to have fits of rage. Fits of rage will, like, they'll start out with a temper tantrum when they're two, and you, oh, that's not cute. No, it's not cute. You're teaching them to sin. So be mindful of that. Do not look at them and go, we're going to give them a moment. No, no, you pick their butt up off the ground and you tell them to knock it off. And if they don't knock it off and they want to keep crying, you'll give them something to cry about. Make it, you know, reasonable. We, we don't, like, we don't laugh at our kids when they do, do things that are sinful and disrespectful. And we don't laugh at them or just let them have their moment when they are doing something that will lead to sin. 
when they get older. We nip it in the bud. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. If you do not teach your child child to have self-control, they'll do the opposite of that. Everybody that's a believer has the fruits of the spirit living inside of them. One of them is joy. It dwells in you. Now you can choose to not use it daily or you can choose. Now for me, I don't, like when I've been filled with joy um, to a whole new level, like I choose some days to wake up and happiness is one thing, but uh, joy is another. You choose to walk in joy. So there are mornings that I wake up and I'm like, this cannot be the, the day that the Lord has made. And I have no desire to rejoice and be glad in it. Okay. I can't even, you know, everybody's woken up in the morning and been like, Like, I just want to go back to bed and I'll sleep this day through just to get through it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. especially if you're a female and, you know, ladies days, yeah, like right. ladies days are ladies days and you're just like, I have no desire. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's the day. What? I don't miss those. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I was thinking of you when I said don't some people don't have them, but um. Like, those are the days that you say, I will put on joy. I don't care what my body says. I don't care. But then there is the infilling of the joy that the Holy Spirit's like the infilling of, of your spiritual language, uh, your heavenly language, your prayer language, whatever you want to call it. Um, that is a whole nother level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is where the Holy Spirit there is no description of, it's not that you just can't stop laughing. Okay, and people think, like, it's weird because you can't stop laughing. No, you can't stop laughing. That is true. Like, but you don't want to stop laughing because mm -hmm. you're just, like, mm -hmm. it's like when you're slain in the spirit. Mm -hmm. I literally feel like God is right here. Like, Jesus is right here on me. Mm -hmm. And the communication that I have when I'm laid out on that floor and the intimacy that I have with God is so, or the Holy Spirit, more so the Holy Spirit, is so powerful and so sweet. And, like, I don't think that there's any time that I've been more at peace. Mm -hmm. Like, the heaviness of the Holy Spirit is not a heaviness of, like, whoa, I feel so heavy. No, it's like... The peace that passes all understanding. There's no explanation. You don't even want it to stop. That's how the joy is, though. Except for, like, Heather is always like, I, my sides are killing me, so please, I have to stop because my stomach hurts so bad. Outside of that, you really don't want it to stop because it's so, it's, it's unexplainable. Okay, I'm going to let you guys give your opinions because... People are so afraid of the joy. But here's the thing. Just so you know, Smith Wigglesworth, at his meetings, the joy showed up. People always think it's just Pastor Rodney. It's not Pastor Rodney. The joy's been around for a really long time. It's when you allow the Holy Spirit to move so freely and not irreverently. Because Pastor Rodney, although people think it's irreverent because people are laughing while he's speaking... He's allowing the Holy Spirit to flow. But I will tell you, I've seen people 
he knows he's so discerning. Mm-hmm. He knows when people are full of it mm-hmm. and they're just trying to get attention. And I've seen him mm-hmm. shut it down immediately. Mm-hmm. If it's irreverent, he will shut it down and he will not allow it. Even the joy, because mm-hmm. he does not want the mockery of what the Holy Spirit can do. Plus, he doesn't want the Holy Spirit to be tainted mm-hmm. with uh, people and their carnal nature. Mm-hmm. So it's it is misused. But the but Smith Wigglesworth had the joy. In his meetings, I can name other people. Kenneth Hagin had it. Like, plenty of people have had the joy in their meetings. Pastor Rodney's not the first one. Pastor Rodney's just the one that was so free with it. Mm -hmm. And he's gotten the most criticism, I believe, Mm -hmm. out of anyone ever. I agree. But that's what I love about him. He don't care. And he ain't stopping him. And I'm grateful for it because that's I experienced the joy Mm -hmm. for the first time at the river. But talk about it for you guys because I people if, if, if it happens to you be open to it that's all I only reason we're talking about this and I love that somebody asked this question because absolutely 100% you are the temple and joy is in there go ahead I'm gonna look at you while you do it who's first Logan do you want to explain yesterday you were you said? skeptical of it Logan <laughs> was I what was you skeptical. were you skeptical of it because I was <laughs> <laughs> the first time I went to the river was with Tracy and I was, what, freshly, like, yeah. not a cop anymore. Yeah. And I walked out of there, and I promise, Hope, I said, if I was still a cop, I would Baker Act a majority <laughs> of people in that place. Courtney was kind of like that, too, because Courtney was like, uh-uh. And then it happened to her. And yep. Yep. But that happened clearly out of the blue for her, too. She had no idea it was coming. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's so funny. But it just – so go ahead. So you were so like, I, I, just, back, I Baker. I was very skeptical, and I – there were a couple of people I was specifically looking at that seemed like they were playing around. Oh, yeah. It was. Well, you're always going to get the frauds yeah. to a certain extent. But then there's the ones that really want to make sure they stand out. And those you got to yes. shut down. But, yeah, go ahead. I just have really good leaders that were like, keep an open heart and an open mind and don't focus on the few. Um, and then the next time I went to the river, my heart was open and it happened. But then did, it were you yesterday. expecting it, though, or did it just happen out of the blue? No, and Heather was there. I, <laughs> and I know she kind of started it, but then once it started, I couldn't stop. And Heather was one of the biggest skeptics of it, yeah. yes. which I think is, so was my daughter, Norma. Yeah. Huge skeptic of it. Wanted nothing mm-hmm. to do with being slain in the Spirit. Wanted nothing to do with the laughter. But filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she yeah, was filled, yeah, yeah, but yeah. wanted nothing to do with it. And then... It happened to her, and she's like, well, that is real. Like, right. holy mackinolies. Yeah. Like, I didn't make that up. She was like, I didn't make myself yeah. do that. Right. I wanted nothing to do with it. And then you're like, and now she's like Heather. Yeah. Like, she, if Heather and Norma are sitting next to each other, forget about it. <laughs> They're both done. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Go ahead, Vanessa. Because Vanessa, Norma triggers off of Vanessa sometimes. So it's been about a year I've been a believer for my whole life, and so I know what joy is. And when we were at the river, I remember this, the person sitting next to me was getting filled with joy. And I was like, look at them, how sweet. Like literally looking at them, like that's good for them. Yeah. Um, But I was not ready, nor was I expecting to be filled with joy in that way, the manifestation of joy. And then he literally just like bumped me gently and I it was like a bubble it started it started in my gut and I was just like 
oh my gosh, what's happening? And I ha- I laughed in a way that I've never laughed before. And it was like so good. And you don't want it to stop, but also you're like, your, your stomach is cramping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now that I've experienced it, it's it was at Fire Week, Kids Fire Week. I wasn't even there like to receive yet. Mm-hmm. I did receive, right? Yeah. And so now that I've like experienced it for the first time a year ago, it's so easy for me to like, like, like. It's like speaking it in tongues. And, and mm-hmm. Jump into it, like. Mm-hmm. There's, I can't tell you how many times I've been in our service, and it's, I, I can feel. I know. It. I it see like you. Bubbles mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my, my stomach, and I'm like, oh, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like speaking in tongues. Yeah. It's that simple yeah. because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is that sweet. It's how much you're open to it, like you said. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Let's go, Tracy. Um, so I always thought people got filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. Uh, no, not the Holy Spirit, just joy because they were struggling with like depression and just like dark things. And so I always thought like, man, same thing. Like, that's so nice. Like, they're probably so free. Like, they probably never felt like that kind of joy. And I'm a pretty joyful person. So we were at the river um, recently. It was, I don't know. Just It was super recent. Um, and I've never been filled with joy like that. And... Um, I, we all stood up and we were in the balconies and he started yelling fire and I fell back into my seat and I just couldn't stop laughing. And then Allison was like, mom, are you okay? Are you? I'm like, it's okay. I'm good. I'm like trying to, but you can't, you can't stop. Oh, and yeah. then so I'm, t- I'm telling her like, everything's fine. I'm good. And then she gets hit with joy and she starts laughing and is crying. We're both like sweating and crying. <laughs> so anytime I get hit with it, I just start like sweating profusely. The, see, the like, Courtney, like, that's what happened with Courtney because she was with, I believe, her two daughters, yeah. Talia and, and her other daughter, Trinity. I think Trinity was there. And they were all like, and then Pastor Rodney did the fire yeah. in the section that they were, they were in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, they could not stop laughing. Yeah. Like, they were like, it, they, did not, they did not believe in it. Right. They were like, no. Mm-mm. I, I, I just didn't expect it from me. Like, I just thought like it was like something that people needed. Like, mm-hmm. and they would never like they have to break this to be able to experience joy because I, I don't know. I just didn't. And then we were leading our Tuesday group one time and out of nowhere, we both got hit with joy. And everybody just yeah. stared at us while we laughed and laughed <laughs> and laughed. And we had people there that were like, what's going on? Well, like I like in Baptist churches still like, and I was like, this is not the time, Vanessa. This is so inappropriate. (laughs) Obviously we didn't care. Um, but yeah, she's right. Once you get hit, it's like, there's nothing like it. And it just keeps happening. I mean, there's literally, my mom says that she'll be in her house watching the river. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she'll just, yeah, She'll get the giggles. She'll just let the, the Holy Spirit. My so mother good. has called me, and that there's something special about the river. I don't there care is. what anybody says. 100%. There's super something super special. Yeah. But the man, but I'm just telling you, it's the man, the anointing mm-hmm. that that man carries, and Pastor Adonica too. Oh I mean, gosh, she's yes. so heavily anointed. Yes, it's insane. Yeah. But um. The, my mom will say the anointing just comes into her living room. But people have been healed by watching the river because mm-hmm. the anointing comes into their houses. Like deaf ears have been open. People have started speaking. 
eyes blind, people blind, people who couldn't walk. And I'm not making this up. They legitimately have doctor's reports. And Pastor Rodney's not even looking for it because he just knows the Holy Spirit's going to do it. He doesn't need props. He doesn't need any of that stuff. He knows it's real. But these people have doctor's reports. And then they go, and it's totally just from watching. Right. That's why I try and encourage people all the time. Turn off your flipping Mm -hmm. TV and put something on that is spirit led because you don't know what Mm -hmm. God will do through that ministry and the Holy Spirit will just show up and take care of business Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. I have a dumb story. I was uh, really dumb, but I was doing my flooring before we had to redo our flooring for the hurricane. And I had to do this like really long road. And I was like, just doing like three rows of it and it was the vinyl planking stuff or whatever laminate and I just couldn't get it to line every time I snapped it in it would pop out somewhere and I was just like crying and I'm like I can't do it anymore so I went to bed woke up the next morning I was like okay turned on Rodney turned on the river and I was like God like you have to show up and help me today and I just listened to the river for like four hours got the whole thing done in one day I must have spent like seven hours trying to get three rows I mean, they were long, but they were like, just kept yeah. popping out. And I, yeah. And it just helped. It was just it like, always the atmosphere does. shifted. It I don't always know. does. <laughs> it was I, crazy. I'm not saying turn on like, um, th- this is what a lot of people don't understand. There are so many options. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of people who don't watch, um, don't have social media or don't have a computer and stuff like that. I, I'm not going to tell you my viewpoint on that, but. Like they only watch CTN or Christian TV. That's phenomenal. But you got to even be careful about who you're watching on them. Because they have so many woke. I would not, I would not watch, I I would stick with the old timers. That's all I'm going to say. And they ain't on any of those TVs. All you got is the ones that are, anybody who is like 50 or below, like, and I'm saying like, 50 years old and younger. I would stay away from them, even maybe 55 and younger, because I'm thinking of one right now who's, uh, who looks younger, who, who looks younger, but they might be older. Um, anybody, I, I would stay away from all of the newbies that are out there for the most part, because I don't know any of them that are teaching the real true word of God um, on the whole. Like, do you have your exceptions to the rule? Like Jonathan? Yeah, like Tom. Yeah, you do. On the whole, though, no. They're all teaching grace, and they're all very permissive, and they're all very woke. Mm -hmm. And all of them closed. So I wouldn't bother with them. Hardly at all. Um, Get on YouTube. Get the old timers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may not like like their tone, and you may not like their delivery, but they will free you from you. And that's really what it's all about. It is not about what makes you feel good. It is about what takes you to the next level, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find that really with what's on TV and the, and the Christian uh, television. It's true. So it's true. I'm really picky about that. But I'm just telling you all day long, all day long, word, worship, teachings. Mm-hmm. You'll be putting a floor together just like just that. Just like that. Just like that. It was. But I'm telling ever. you, like you, it's like Tom says. He like the when, the moment he puts his feet on the floor, mm-hmm. he starts listening to teaching, yeah. and whether or not he's in a good mood or bad mood, it changes the mood. Mm-hmm. Because the mm-hmm. word does not return void ever, ever. And you can like 
waste your time yeah. or you can use it wisely. Yep. Use it wisely because everything that you take in, you'll use for kingdom purposes. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just telling I love Everybody Loves Raymond. I love all my Alaskan shows, <laughs> but I don't watch them very much. You know why? Because they don't do much for the kingdom. And I, I need as much as I can right now. Yeah. You know, I, we yeah. got big things. Yes. Not Foundation Church in general. No. We as believers, yes. we yeah. have big things yeah. that need to be accomplished. Yeah. And time is short. Mm-hmm. I don't care if God, Jesus doesn't return for another hundred years. My time is short. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to live to 120. But if I did, I'd still have 70 years left. 70 years is That's not that much time left on this earth. Yeah, if you no, think about it, ask a 70-year-old. 70, 70 yeah, they would tell you it goes by fast. It does. Because I know 56 flow by. Yeah. So we don't have that much time. Time's of the essence. So um, that's it. So you guys you had, have anything to add to that? one more verse. Huh? Romans 15, 13. Did what is that? that one? Romans 15, 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More. God bless. Thank you. You're welcome. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be ab- that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So just know that you want him to fill you. You want the Holy Spirit to fill you with that joy, but also with the peace. I'm telling you, mm. peace will kill, kill every single thing. Every single... Mm-hmm. Um, anxious moment, every single uh, OCD thought, mm-hmm. every single thought of depression, um, you name it. Yep. Peace covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. And then you add the joy in there, mm-hmm. take you right over the top. So it's just so funny to me how it mentions joy and peace because most people live um, in calamity. True. Their emotions are all over the place. Yep. So they, their lifestyle is full of calamity. I've been there. I literally lived the Lucille. Now, you might not get this, people, because you're not my age. So if you're younger, like if you're in your 30s, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I love Lucy. I was Lucille Ball. Like, if it could happen, it happened to me. I literally used to say, what the heck? I feel like Lucy, you know? That's because I put myself in places that... Those things could happen. Calamity was my best friend. And I was all over the place. I was a wrecking ball in, like, wherever I went. And that didn't mean, well, I was a wrecking ball in some cases because I was not a very nice person. But a wrecking ball, meaning if I walked in the room, there was going to be chaos because my whole life was chaos. Nobody wants to be around a chaotic person. They don't. It's too stressful. True. So stressful. True. Nobody wants to be around a mean person. True. It's too stressful. Like, if you walk in the room and everybody goes, oh, Lord, he or she is here. And I don't mean that because you answer to a he or she pronoun. I mean, just mean <laughs> you are a guy. Then people are going, oh, my gosh, he's here. Or you are a girl and you identify as a girl and everybody's going, oh, gosh, she's here. No, Nobody wants that. Okay. Be the person that when you walk in the room, they're like, man, I'm so glad you came. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to have fun kind of kind of thing instead of the rolling of the eyes and just hoping they can get through the next hour or so with you sitting next to them. <laughs> I mean, I personally know people that are like that. Yeah. Like they walk in the room and you're like, please don't come over near me. 
please don't come over near me. Please don't talk to me. Keep your chaotic life over there. I just, it's not what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vanessa's <laughs> laughing or trying not to laugh. You're thinking of somebody, aren't you? 100%. (laughs) I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know what floors me about that? And I'm way over time. And then we'll, we'll, if you're a chaotic person, I'm going to win you to the Lord after this. But I'm just saying, I don't understand people who are chaotic and are believers. See, I was off the rails, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't saved. I expect somebody who's not saved to be off the rails. But you call yourself a Christian? And you've been saved. Now, newbies, give them grace. Cut them some slack. Newbies are going to be like that. They're trying to figure it out, right? (laughs) If you've been saved for more than three to to four years, and you're still like a wild mess, mess. like something ain't right. Something's not right, spiritually speaking, for you. Yeah. You need to fix that. That's that's how somebody who doesn't know the Lord or barely knows him behaves. Not somebody who's seasoned. You know, you should not be like that. That means that spiritually speaking, you are still an infant and there is something spiritually wrong with you if you're still an infant that you still are on meek uh, milk not meat. So, when you're 3 to 4 years in, that those those days are gone. Yeah. So, Let's win some people to the Lord. So if you don't know him and you totally relate to what I'm talking about, chaos is your best friend and you're tired of that being on that wheel and you need, you're the hamster and you're just spinning and spinning and spinning. And you're like, how do I get off? The only way to get off is asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've walked away from God and you know what peace is like, but you don't, you are not experiencing it right now, you need to come back. You need to li- live a whole different life, which you know is perfection. It may not have been perfection completely because you're working, you know, we're, we're working ourselves out con- continuously. But it was way better than it is now. Then you need to come back. Uh, God's waiting. Jesus stands at the door, right, and knocks. You just need to open that door up, receive him. And uh, start a new life. It's super simple, super easy. It's free, but it costs you everything. It costs you you. Well, when listen, when I got my life right with God, I was not worth very much. I'm going to tell you. So me being free, I mean, him being free and me costing me me, I think he got the short end of the stick. I was like negative zero, right? So if anybody can relate, then you can relate. So I'm just saying it'll be the best decision ever made. And I don't know. It's like a life that you, I mean, I think if I turned, turn you guys on right now. Okay. Cause I never asked Vanessa, you know, Logan is my go-to cause she's only been saved for two years and you look totally different. No, you've been saved one year and I've known you too, but you look totally different. That's why I say there is no way you can be, be saved for three years and still look no the same. Way. If your life is chaotic. Yeah. There's no way. But I will say um, what I was going to ask you guys is literally you pinch yourself and go, I cannot believe this is my life. Mm -hmm. On so many levels. On the physical aspect of just knowing that healing is yours. 
sickness and disease. I don't ever get sick. I was hoarse for all the for like those three weeks. I never felt bad once. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I never felt bad Hi. ever. Um, but I'm never sick. So sickness disease is not. A, so I have that. Mm-hmm. Then you have eternity, where you know you're going to heaven. Like mm-hmm. that is so. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, you know, yeah. like you don't have to worry about your future. Financially speaking, I have all since I got my life right with God. Financially speaking, I hit times where finances were tight, but the righteous will never be seen begging for bread. I never worried about food, mm-hmm. clothing for me, my kids, my husband, nothing. Yeah. Like, I've never, like, you just, there's no worries, there's no concerns. I mean, am I wrong or what? No, you're right. Because I know, like Vanessa, uh, Tracy, you own your own business, but the, even the business has gone through periods of time where oh, you're yeah. like, you're yeah. working through it, but there was never yeah. a, a concern. Uh, Vanessa has literally lived, they've literally lived on less than $100 a week. Yeah. yeah. Never once, though. You never were, you never had to live without anything. Now you're definitely living high on the hog, but I'm just saying, <laughs> back in the day, we've all lived in a position where, and people, I would say I live high on the hog too. I mean, I, I say that about you, but like, I'm not, I want for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what it's like to be uh, in need to a certain extent and you know, those needs will be met, but then you know what it's like to, to live in one, you, you'll have more than enough. Right. Paul says to learn, be stable in all your ways, mm-hmm. but you now, that's not even a blip on the screen for you, but you know, but even in those times, spoke death right we Pro- spoke the poverty or anything right. right exactly and so we were very careful with what we said because you eat the fruit of what you say right and so we always we always knew that god and he always has made a way yeah and it's mind-boggling to see in those times in those times we're walking out in faith on finances and stuff like that i find it to be some of the sweetest times because you sit there and go, I know God's going to show up. Now, how is he going to show off? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that? Because you know, it's, I, I, I say this today, like Tom and I, I've been fasting specifically for a certain dollar amount, a specific dollar amount to, to come to the church. Tom and I were standing together. And do you not know today in the mail? That exact dollar amount showed up. I said to Tracy, I'm marking that one off of my list because I'm fasting, right? I, so you, you know that God will always come through. How is he going to do it? It's fun to watch. But when you don't have him, then your day-to-day is pretty like, it's risky. Why somebody wants to go out alone, I do not know. Also, you can go party and get drunk and all that other stuff. Like, When's that going to die off? When, like, that's nothing. Like, living this life is, like, you think joy is great, or you getting drunk is great, experience the joy. There's no hangover the next day. None. But It's that but, new wine. It's the new <laughs> wine. I'm down, telling you, like, every time I got drunk, hangover, mm-hmm. throwing up, <laughs> and I was usually violent. I was not usually happy and laughter. There was not a lot of laughter going on. There's a lot of more fist flying. Oh so I'm just God. saying to you, on the whole, the joy and the new wine, 
way better for me. Way better. So good. Way better results. <laughs> what about you? And I have you talk about it all the time, but you're a newbie. And it's super important for people who are looking to be saved. Like, they'll go, well, you're, yeah, you've been saved for so long, so it's super easy for you to say. But Logan, it's a year. Mm-hmm. And, like, you've learned to tithe. Yeah. You've learned you, you wanted a child. You're now pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, none of the, And wanting a child wasn't, let's just try. It's wanting a child and not seeing yourself getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, you get saved. You specifically speak it into your life and into existence, and lo and behold, as if there was never an issue in getting pregnant before, voila. Words mean something. <laughs> it's like, how do you explain that? Outside know. of God, it doesn't happen. Yeah. We went from a two-household income or two-income household, however you say that, to me not working at all. Yeah. And we were terrified. But we have been fine. That's right. And you tithe. And people will say, I can't afford to tithe. It, like, yeah. you don't understand. We've gone from one income, t- or two mm-hmm. incomes to one. We couldn't tithe if we wanted to. And then you see somebody who does do it, and they're like, they have more than enough. Mm-hmm. Listen, the girl's hitting McDonald's at a high rate because the baby wants Big Macs <laughs> and crap like that. What's your thing, though? You, it's not, right you now, were hitting Big Mac. You were hitting McDonald's. Right now, it's fish sticks and malt vinegar. <laughs> Fish sticks and what? Malt vinegar. <laughs> Malt vinegar. Oh my gosh. I love well, it. You, that don't cost you very much. I love that. You can buy that at the grocery store. Lot. But she was like going out to eat all the time. It wasn't like they were worried about money. <laughs> if somebody who's worried life. about money does not eat out, do you know what I'm saying? So, and they pay tithe and they've seen it, mm-hmm. it work. So, mm-hmm. listen, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and we are great examples yeah. of, of what life can in male female what life can um hold for you say this prayer with me right now dear heavenly father i come to you right now i thank you for what you did on the cross i thank you that you bore the stripes on your back for healing in my body and the bruises for my sin i ask you to forgive me of my sins i ask you to be lord of my life And I will live for you forever. And I will go the opposite direction of where I was headed. Repentance is 180 degrees, people. So your sinful lifestyle is one direction. And now you're going in the heavenly direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for saying that prayer. Thank you for uh, getting saved today. Thank you uh, for tuning in. We love you. Be back here on Friday. It's going to be a great podcast. Bye. Thank you.